Hey, I have an unbelievable guest on today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls. I'm your host. And I am really, really, really excited about today's guest. This lady has been a friend of mine, although we've never met in person. Um, we've been friends on social media for, I don't know, four or five years probably. And you wait until you hear this story. It is going to change your life. I promise you. So I want to welcome... My dear friend, Sherry Gideons to the show. Sherry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. I am so excited to have you on because <laughs> you have information <laughs> that that probably not many people have. So um, Sherry, I, I just adore you. I think you're amazing. And, and I, I can't wait for you to share your story. So why don't we start with you telling everybody, um, you know, like where you were born and raised. So I was born in Idaho. My father is in, was in the Air Force. And so we traveled all over. And then we wound up in San Jose. And so I in California. And so I was raised in California. But later I got married and I lived in Europe. I lived in Germany for a number of years and then made my way back to California. So that's where I was raised. You So you were primarily raised in California? Correct, Northern California yeah. to be exact. Okay. So um, when you like, is that, so you went to school there, high school, middle school, all that? Yeah, so I went to middle school in San Jose and then later went, um, I guess my sophomore year in high school, we moved to Modesto, California. And I ended okay. up living there until I graduated from high school and uh, made my way out into the world. Yeah. Did you go to college? <laughs> I did. So I have, um, I have two degrees uh, in the University of Phoenix. I have a degree in communications and journalism broadcasting. Wow. And I have a degree in communications and technology because I love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so is that so is that what you did you end up getting into broadcasting or did you what did you end up doing after college? Well, I did that for a little bit and then okay. I ended up moving on to the pro bodybuilding world. I've been oh, yeah. yeah, I spent 30 years in the professional fitness and bodybuilding industry as a competitor and a fitness model in the magazines. Wow. Yeah, I've seen some of the pictures. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. They're on her Facebook page, guys. <laughs> so so uh, no, I mean, and obviously you excelled. You did very well at that, like yeah. very well. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, my personality is very over the top and I play full out. I have a very vibrant personality. So everything that I really attempted in life was, you know, about being out there in the open and, and, and yeah. having fun. 
Right, right. So, so along the way, when you were doing all of this, you know, I mean, this show is breakthrough walls. It's it's literally to help people have a breakthrough to get stuck, right? Right. So along the way, during I don't know college and 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 after college, did you hit any like bumps in the road that you thought, man, how do I get through this? Well, one of the things, I mean, I want to back up for a second. One of the things that I struggled with, and I'm sure a lot of us struggle with throughout our lives, is weight issues. Mm. You know, my family was from Oklahoma, and so I was a person who enjoyed food. My mother cooked the down-home good stuff. and mm. Go mom. Yes, go mom. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of issues with emotions and stuffing those emotions down with food because you know like anybody else in this world we want to be liked we want to be appreciated we want to be loved and yeah. so in this case i i'm a believer that you attract what you are and so right. as i was struggling you know through adolescence and later after after you know the 18 years old i ended up getting married to a man who was in the military and we got stationed in Germany and it was there that he was gone all the time and so I would go to the gym on the base and I would work out and so one day this army powerlifting coach approached me and he says hey he says you know would you be interested in joining the army powerlifting team and so I ended up joining that as wow believe it or not, as an overweight girl, I mean, at the time I was probably 170, 174 pounds and I'm five, four. So I'm not wow. you know, a, a, a tall person. I'm, you know, relatively short, but really it was about once again, trying to fit in because I had, you know, this was during the eighties when, you know, bodybuilding had come out and it was, you know, where women were starting to come onto the scene and mm -hmm. I really wanted to be part of that. But like I said, I struggled with low self-esteem around food. And yeah. so fast forward, we're back in the United States after that tour in Germany. And we're in, the, in Modesto. And I happened to attract, you know, people who were very prevalent in the pro bodybuilding industry, in the magazines, those kind of people. And so I sure. started training with them and and moved into the scene of of that industry and you know the industry was evolving so much at the time that you could do a show and compete and try to meet up to the expectations at that time and and it still wasn't good enough there was always things you needed to improve and that really started to take a toll on my on my self-esteem and i got to the point in my life where i thought well I must not be able to eat at all because I had gone from, you know, being overweight to trying to fit into that industry and eventually using steroids and other sports enhancement drugs to yeah. try to get the muscle and, and the different cuts that I needed in my body to, you know, be liked and approved of and to be a winner, right. And, right. you know, be successful. Sure. Yep. And seriously, it got to the point where I thought, you know, I must not be able to eat at all. And mm. during that time in the industry, you know, you're listening to all these different people that are steroid dealers and so-called professional people who had 
you know, the knowledge of what to do to get your body to that level. And, right. and it got to a point, like I said, I, I realized I must not be able to eat at all. That's how, how bad my mindset had gotten at that point. And uh, long story wow. short, I ended up having a massive heart attack and dying. At what age? At uh, 30. 30, oh right between 30 and 31, I, I had a massive heart attack and died. I was, you died. I died. Yeah. I was about 80 pounds. Could you imagine me at about 80 pounds? Wow. I couldn't even see it. So uh, is that, that, that whole, um, the potassium depletion or is that what causes that? Yeah, well, what ha in my situation, you know, I had gotten to the point where I was doing all kinds of things to try to be, you know, the perfect person. And so in this situation, I was literally seeing myself fat in the mirror. You know how they say that people have bulimia and anorexia and, you know, um, all these issues. Well, I literally saw myself fat and overweight in the mirror. I could not see what I had gotten myself down to. And, wow. And and so I was doing things that were, you know, helping me to keep my high because yeah. at the time I had gotten addicted to methamphetamine. That became another avenue for me to not eat. And, yeah. uh, and so now I'm not eating at all and wow. I'm forcing myself to, you know, throw up and I'm drinking oh water in order to make myself throw up so that I can keep my high. And it's, you know, a battle that I, I had gotten to in my life, all to be loved, accepted and approved of. And you thought that that's what it was going to take. Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, like I said, I desperately wanted love. Yeah. And acceptance. And I had people that were surrounding me, believe it or not, that were beautiful on the outside, drop dead gorgeous and amazing, fantastic built bodies. Yeah. Just as lost and insecure on the inside as myself. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's that's terrible. So like, and for anyone listening right now, my wife is on here, Jill. She just shared it out. Thank you, babe. Um, so the, you know, for the record, somebody as beautiful as you, five foot four, a hundred pounds or whatever, mm -hmm. here you are in the bodybuilding world and competing, yep. probably winning, mm -hmm. and you felt worthless, basically. That's right. Completely. And, and to the point where it depleted your body of all of the necessary nutrients to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And you had a heart attack at 30 years old and you died. Yep. How long were you dead? Cause obviously it didn't stay that way. <laughs> How long were you? Well, honestly, long enough to be shown my entire life over through all that I had given to long enough to be shown all of the purposes that I came in this lifetime to potentially fulfill wow. long enough to be shown why we are all here and the power that each and every one of us has within us. And honestly, long enough to be shown the creation of the universe, the, the, the infinite power that is available to all of us. And 
and to be surrounded by thousands of spirits who had once lived here in the physical flesh and wow. and to be given the choice the choice to come back and fulfill the purposes that I came that I came to remember and that I came to be wow yeah that's freaking powerful well I just got chills everywhere <laughs> so so okay um I could ask you a gazillion questions, but we'll, we'll try to keep it on because this could get derailed and I don't want to do that. But so, so, um, wow, where do I even start with that? I don't know where to even start. So, so you, you, uh, at 30 years old, you died and you, you long enough to see a lot of unbelievable things. Right. Um, and you came back obviously and, um, were, what did you wake up in the hospital? Where were you? Yeah. So it, so your it, body, your body, I, <laughs> I guess. So my body was on the bed cause it happened at my house. I already knew that I was getting close to this occurring cause oh. this is a very deep story. And that's why I've shared it at various moments, you know, throughout the last 22 years, because of where society has been in its ability to receive the depth of this message. You have to have courage. Right. It takes courage yeah. and strength and, you know, yeah. inner, an inner um, knowing, but also surrender. You know, I had to learn to surrender to this amazingness that is not only within me, but each and every one of you, all of you. I mean, you have right. it. I don't have anything you don't have. You have it. Wow access it you need to touch it and allow it and so in this case right now um i was dead on the bed and I, <sighs> yeah and i was having these incidents um i had been having these incidents prior i knew that i was close to death because a lot of us start asking those questions why am i here what am i meant to do is this all there is to life? Pain, suffering, frustration, lack, limitation, scarcity. You know, these questions that go on in all of us at some point in our lives. And in this situation, that was occurring to me. And I was having incidents occur. As deep as it sounds, spirits were showing up and they were communicating with me. And they were people who had had the same issues that I had, food issues, low self-esteem issues. And they would share with me, you know, that they didn't want to happen to me what had happened to them. So you can yeah. imagine I'm I'm thinking, my God, what's happening? Am I being called to die? Am I going to die? Um, oh, these are spirit. These are like dead people. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. <sighs> So imagine as a human being here in the physical world, and I'm having these occurrences happen, imagine how anybody would start to question what's happening. And reality. That's right. That's right. Reality. And some would say, oh my God, well, it was probably where you were at in your life. You were hitting bottom. You were, you know, in a really bad place. But I realized over the last 22 years, all I can do is share this with you. All I can do yeah. is you know, give it and allow you to receive it at whatever level you are in your life. And there's a lot of, because we have a mutual friend, Sh Sherry Ame, right? You know, yes. yes. 
and she she's had she's been there <laughs> done that bought the t-shirt right um and and i know there's a lot of people that that think that um you know it's evil or it's you know and i just don't think so i think that it's a different level of consciousness that's exactly right and and existence so so you you uh you came back and uh, is, is it true that there are things that you can't talk about yes of course okay yeah um wow wow okay i, I guess i can't even ask what those are since you can't talk about them but well so, i share this what i would like to say though is when we surrender this body this flesh we're one with everything we are all things we know all things and we are one with everything in in existence the birds the trees the flowers you me i'm not separate from you i am you and you are me and the beauty of it is is it's like walking on water i mean you're free you're fully free but it's even more than that it's love beyond human understanding. So I talk about love and I say, you know, all of us want it. Yeah. And and yet at the at that level, it's beyond really what I can articulate because it's a freedom that all of us want to know. And it's available even right now physically. But being willing to share this yeah. is what, you know, look at all the seekers out there, you know, I always say what you're seeking is already seeking you. Right. <laughs> you. But here's, I the love that. here's the other thing I really wanted to say is that, you know, I come from religion. My family, my grandfather was a minister. Wow. I, I was raised in the Bab Baptist religion. Um, my father was a deacon of the church and a Sunday school bus driver. My mother, a Sunday school teacher. I went to Christian school. But from the time I was a little girl, I was a questioner and I came up, you know, I'm, I was, I'm a child of the sixties. So I came up yeah. during the seventies and yeah, me too. And, okay, so you know, <laughs> you know. and here's the deal. What were we told? Don't ask questions. Do as you're told. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So you got in a lot of trouble. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Gemini. So right. they like to say Geminis have split personalities, but seriously, it's really not that at all. It's a Gemini is has access to the heavens and the earth. So they have the, the, the physical realm wow. and then they have this very deep, deep side that is very spiritual and is a messenger. And wow. uh, yeah, it's <laughs> wow. what is so what is what month is that? What's your birthday? In June. June. Oh, okay. Oh, that's my wife and my daughter too. They're, I think, I was like, I think they're Gemini's. Uh, Abigail's the fifteenth, and Jill's the nineteenth. So, oh, I yeah. love it. Yes. Yeah. So then you know Gemini is very well. Yeah, I'm surrounded by split personalities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, and I'm a Cancer. I don't know what that means, but uh, well, you're in the yeah. Cancers are in the media. They're very. Yeah grounded in family they're okay you know, they love to give information out they're very they, they usually have a lot of knowledge in various areas of information that was that that yeah that that pretty much sums it up right there so 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 you so you came back um from 
dying uh -huh. and you were laying on your bed in your yeah. home yeah. and and i mean holy crap you, you had to like like come to and go what was that all about right or so i would think i don't know like you would suddenly have this realization that wow right didn't you did you i yeah. would imagine okay so all of the negative energy that i had yeah. experienced physically in this physical world was eliminated from me and and i had been filled with universal love this sort yeah. of energy that is everywhere present it always has been it always will be and so i'm you know seeing myself descend back into my dead body and when i come to suddenly yeah. i saw who i truly was i was this skeleton i mean i saw me but I was vibrating. We want to call, you know, nowadays we use the word vibe and we use vibrations and we use frequencies and you can feel that coming off of each other. Well, in this situation, suddenly I was vibrating at a frequency of pure love. So I had all these spiritual gifts. I had telepathy. Wow. I had clairvoyance. I could look at you in your eyes and I knew where you were in your consciousness. I wow. knew. I knew if you were lying, I knew, you know, all of these things, because think about it, we're shed from the lower frequencies of this world. And we're invited into, you know, you said earlier, you know, this place of heaven. Well, what heaven really is, it's a state of mind. It's a state yeah. of mind. And it's always. And when we realize we're one with everything, we have never been separate. See, we want to call it God. We want to call it our higher power, infinite intelligence, you know, yeah. fine. But in reality, it's us. I mean, we are a piece of this allness. And we have access to use those same attributes of the allness, you know, love, harmony abundance balance light you know we have access to that same power yeah and, you know you hear obviously i grew up in religion and you know you hear that's blasphemy for you <laughs> you would have the same powers as god the i am right but there's no separation there's no right. separation right I, I I totally agree. And that the, here's the thing is, I, I mean, I've I've said something similar, like, but Jesus, you know, it's written in the Bible that Jesus said, you'll do even greater things than I've done. Right. And and so I, I think that so you, you see, you come back and you have all of this knowledge, this love, this pure love, this you've shed all the negativity you've, and and now life has to be completely 1000% different for you. So that's a whole other story in itself. So let me just share with you that even though I was awakened to this magnificence that I was, let's use the Bible, for example, what yeah. the Bible truly is, is stories of different levels of consciousness, different levels of realization, where right. individuals surrendered. And they came in direct contact with the I am within them and yeah. led and guided and, and inspired, you know, at whatever periods of time those were. 
And so when Jesus said, ye are gods, he was the individualized example yeah. of, you know, we can call it the father living through Jesus. And Jesus right. surrendered at that level where he completely allowed himself to be the vehicle, the messenger to deliver right. these messages of, you know, this infinite loving nature, the source of energy that is available to each and every one of us. And he told, how many times did he say that in the Bible over and over and over? And yeah. he, you know, this father, my father will make all the crooked roads straight, but all you need to do is surrender and allow. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, I love this. And I, cause I've had these same exact conversations and I haven't died. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I love not, it. Well, you have to die to access this. This is the beauty of it. Right. I agree. So, so, so you, you, you come back and you said you, you had all of this, yes. but you weren't, you weren't still weren't there. Like you, you weren't ready to, okay. to, exactly. to shine. Yes. Because <laughs> think about it. When you become, it's like me telling, you know, the world, all this stuff that I'm sharing right now and yeah. receiving it. And you're like, whoa, this is amazing. You mean I have the ability to create anything in my life that I create my own reality, but you still haven't embodied it. You haven't right. embodied that truth to be it to right from that level of belief that you know each and every one of us is at our own level of belief we're the people who block our greatest yeah. good who block all of our desires because we're over here trying to drive we're trying to be in the driver's seat controlling the how and yeah we don't realize when we want something and we you know you go back to the secret for example and the secret said you know your wish is my command. And, right. You know, you're thinking, okay, I want a million dollars and I want to win the lottery, but you don't realize that your level of consciousness is still in the belief that there's not enough, that you're not right, that you're not deserving. And I said earlier that everything is a vibration, it's a frequency, it's a feeling, an emotion. So if you're here being from right now in the belief that there's not enough and I can't pay my rent and nobody likes me. You're putting out that feeling, that belief out into the universe and everything in the universe has its own vibe, its own music, its own sound wave. Right. And if you're being from right here in lower vibrations and you're putting that out, whatever is like you is being pulled back consciously and unconsciously. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So, so wow. So, I so okay. what happened? Cause I get off on that. Cause I'm so passionate about sharing this stuff and teaching and, you know, okay. So let me just say that I was told in the light that I never had to worry that all the right people would show up at the right moment to help me move forward. I was shown this version of Sherry that I yep. am today and I am becoming more and more. I was shown her. Ooh, I got the chills as I'm saying this. I've, uh, you, I, I've, I've had chills for 10 minutes. So. Okay. Okay, so now it's no longer me. Now I'm just allowing the spirit to speak through me. But the truth of it is, is here's the, here's the rub. 
-hmm. is before we come into the body, before we're born, yeah, we are all shown what we are going to potentially fulfill in this lifetime. And we believe we can remember who we truly are as spiritual beings, the power, the act, what we have access to. And so when I was shown Sherry's potentials, I was shown them from the Sherry that had already fulfilled them. Her love was incredible. Her, oh my gosh. her, her playing, her over the top, living to be, living to be, living to be. <laughs> that was her, her. And I was shown that from her and I don't want to start crying, but she cared so deeply, unconditionally. There was no judgment. She saw people for the essence of who they truly are. The wow. face of God, the face of the universe, the face of this infinite power that is so loving and so caring. And she saw that from the true her. And so when I was coming back into my body, I was first given time to decide. I was given the choice. And wow. coming back into my body, and the last thing that was said to me was, and you must help the world to understand that they must give of themselves freely without expecting. And love is all there is. And I was told to tell. And wow. <laughs> yeah. I just got chills again. Mm -hmm. So, wow. I, I don't even, uh, what about the people? Because I, I don't even... I don't even have to guess at this. I know there are people that have called you a liar. <laughs> there, there are people that say, oh, this is a bunch of horse malarkey. And because I think that it's a, it's natural. I was just reading a book. Um, I'm reading this book called Beyond Positive Thinking for the third time. It's an amazing book. And, you know, I think that the essence of most humans walking this planet is we have these beliefs and Tony Robbins talks about it, right? We have these beliefs and, and he, he says your belief systems like the top of a table. And then it's all, all the legs under the table are the reinforcement of these ideas that somebody else programmed into you. And so we're walking around, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, Dr. Joe, right? I love him. Right. And he says that, you know, here, here we are walking around and, and, and 90% of our thoughts that we're having of the 60,000 thoughts a day, we had yesterday, the same exact thoughts and, and, and that 50% of the conversations we're having are BS. We're making them up as we go along, right. About our past. Like it's not even real. So we're walking around living a lie that somebody else taught us and, and, and we're judging people based on all that crap instead of opening up your heart and going, Hey, you know what? There is, there's something else. And everybody, I believe Sherry, I believe every person on this planet at probably many, 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 many moments in their life have, have looked at the world, looked around and said, there's there's something else man there's more to this there's more this can't be it like this can't be all there is that's right that's and right. and you're 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 confirming that <laughs> well absolutely i mean and you know 
like I said earlier, I didn't, I, I came back into the planet and I was told to tell. And this is 1997. And yeah. the interesting part is, is I died on February 13th, 1997, Friday the 13th. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And if you go back through history and you research the number 13, it was one of the most holiest numbers. You know, people have tried to, you know, from, they say from the time of the Templar Lars, you know, wow. when the Templar Lars, you know, had all those issues, you know, and so they, but the real truth is if you research it, Last Supper was held on the 13th day. Um, the the 13 means death, rebirth, and transformation. You know, now we're bringing in more feminine energy, more nurturing energy to the planet. And so it's also about the divine feminine. It's about, you know, realizing if you look at the infinite, it almost like it's like, it's like the wound of a woman. And we have yeah. Here, what's called the masculine and we could say god when you have a thought first thought it gets dropped in to what's called the law of attraction or the mm. feminine and you, th mm -hmm. if you think about the law of attraction is like a cog on the wheel it's just saying yeah. yes 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 and so it's saying yes to all your negative thoughts yes to all your positive thoughts and it's bringing experiences like i was describing earlier into your now moments and, wow. And so when they say like, you know, when we talk about all the greatest philosophers in the world that have ever come, their primary yeah. message has been be present, live in the moment. Yes. The moment is revealing to you who you are being consciously and unconsciously what you're putting out. So the, the, the struggle for us as human beings is, is when an experience shows up and it sucks, you know, yeah. we, we want to attach at the same energy that's showing up. And so we bring more of that into our life because we're attached emotionally to what's in front of us. When in yeah. reality, it's just basically saying to us, hey, you, look at you. This is a mirror of you. And you wow. have the power in this moment. You have the choice in this moment of awareness to shift that feeling emotion, not to attach to it. But I like to describe to my clients to go into this, what is I really want? If you create a habit of asking that question, what is it I really want? I really wanted to be traveling all over the world, helping people of all ages discover their own greatness. Mm. Ooh, as I say that, I feel the vibrations and the chills because that's my truth. I'm connected to that spirit within me. And I go deeper is that what I really want is to be in a moment right here, right, right now talking about, you know, lifting people, you know, yeah. motivating and inspiring people. But that's the joy of this is when you get to this place, it's yeah. living in the moment, because you still have all this imprinting, like you're talking about these beliefs that aren't even your beliefs. Right right but we claim a man because we have to we have to it's a i i think that it's a survival mechanism mm -hmm. that, that we have it is it is like you can't you can't be brought up in a in an amish family and 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 say but i want to be a computer programmer at seven years old like that that you're the no that's wrong so you know again and i think that it becomes so ingrained in us that we never question it ever. And I've been a, a huge questioner my, myself throughout my entire life. Like, man, hold on a minute. Something's not adding up here. Like, I, I like, why do, do 
7 billion people believe this and I don't. <laughs> like, I don't think it's that way exactly. So, so, so you, so you came back and, and moving a little further down the road, when did you kind of have a, a, because other things happened to you as well in life. Like that was at 30, you die, you come back, you get all, you have all this information, but you don't immediately start using it. Right. Really? Well, I tried to tell because I was told to tell. And of course, you know, my my basis of what I had been raised in, you know, religion. Yeah. I tried to tell these experiences, you know, yeah. in the Christian church. And at the time, you know, we're approaching Y2K. We're approaching yeah. what we call, you know, Christians thought was the end of the world. And right. I'm telling this from what had been communicated to me in the light. I'm telling, you know, I am. We're supposed to say I am. And, and the church was saying to me, no, you don't say I am, you say he is. And, and I was told, you know, mm. tell, and I'm telling, and, and ultimately I'm telling the pro bodybuilding world. I'm telling my family and my, everybody thought I was nuts. Everybody thought that something horrible had happened to me. And ultimately mm. I, I like to say that I experienced the mystical story of Job and mm. I had this amazing vision and yeah. was given this amazing insight to bring back to the world. And what ultimately ended up happening is I lost everything. I lost, I went from being this skeleton to wow. gaining almost a hundred pounds overnight because, you know, now I'm bringing in food again and right. in a very short time. My body was like a sponge. So it soaked up all the you know, nutrients it was trying to receive because it thought I was going to starve it again. Right. And, and so now I'm almost 200 pounds. I lost wow. hair because I um, had not eaten for so long that, and I was living on chemicals that my hair had all fallen out and I had, you know, long hair prior to all this. And I ended up you know, having to get like a little Dorothy Hamill haircut. You remember Dorothy Hamill? Oh yeah. 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 So I had to get a little yeah. Dorothy Hamill haircut, but I ended up walking homeless on the streets. Um, my father, you know, I've, for, you know, gone through these forgiven forgiveness stages. My father basically said, you made your bed, you lie in it. And, um, wow. So, and my mother was married to a man the same age as me. And at the time he said, you know, I'm not responsible for your grown daughter and her choices. And so my mom took me up to the forest and I, she took me up with tents and um, lounge chairs and food. And so I, I lived in the forest, but at the time I had to go way to the outskirts of the forest because I didn't have any money and I didn't wow. have Wow. Um, you know, there's another part of the story that's very deep, very profound of, you know, where I was when I hit bottom, I was in Vegas and mm. I had been surrounded by, you know, what we like to say in movies, you know, the Italian mafia and, yeah. and yes, it's deep and yes, it's another part of the story, but ultimately the people that had, you know, been in my life at the time basically said, you made your bed, you lie in it. And so I lived out into the forest with my children. And of course, people wanted to judge me and say, how could you? And you know, yeah. be out there with your children. But it was part of my path. It was part of, you know, what's created the woman I am today. This amazing, beautiful, caring woman came as a result of 
releasing, letting go of judgment, letting go of other people's opinions. And, and just like I said earlier, I, you know, I'm out in the outskirts of the forest and I don't have any money. And wow. I overhear somebody in the campground next to me. And it's this man telling this group of people about his own near-death experience. And I'm like, whoa, did I hear that? And so I walk over there and I said to the guy, I said, listen, I had mine as well. Wow. And so that weekend I shared my story with the whole group of men. It was a men's gathering and that's why they were out there. And wow. they shared food with us. They shared all of their fishing equipment. They took me and the kids fishing. Um, and at the end of the weekend, he came to me and he says, listen, he says, you forever changed me and helped me move to the next level. He says, here's $15. This is all that I have. He says, but I want you to have it. And I wow. said earlier that I had been told in the light that I never had to worry that all the right would show up at the right moment. Well, that was just one of the stories that I can tell on the journey of the last 22 years of, of what has shown in my life in the moment to wow. help go forward. I mean, yeah, it sounds horrible, the story. And yeah, oh my God, she was homeless on the streets and you know went through this crazy, amazing, incredible adversity. But literally people showed up moment after moment after moment, the more that I allowed and got out of the way. I think though, as amazing as that is, I think you would agree that that occurs for all of us, right. but we fail to recognize it. We, we fail to give it, give it any power at all. Like we ignore it because of the ego wanting to be so right all the time. Right. Yep. And, and so, so you just started allowing life to happen instead of instead of trying to allow your ego to force what was going to happen. Um, it sounds like I, I'm I'm not I, I don't mean to be. No, uh, it's exactly right. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so eventually you got out of the forest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, so what happened? What happened next along the journey? Well, believe it or not, I got out of the forest. I got a place mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up, I always had, you know, we have an intuition, you yeah. know, we have the six senses and the six senses are what ground us to this earth. And, right. you know, there are levels of fear and there are, are levels of, you know, not being able to move out of this belief system because it seems so real. Right. Right. Realize we're making it more real by the power we give it based on, I like to call it accrued thinking. So if we think a thought for 16 seconds and we analyze and we rationalize and we scrutinize that thought in another th 16 seconds, we think that thought and we're giving it power upon power upon power. So by the time you get to 60 seconds, you have given this thought so much power that yeah. you're causing the effects that are showing up in your now moments. And so, you know, with, with, with these struggles we have in our thinking, you know, we've all been given access. And, you know, one of my first mentors, I said that I, you know, have had all these amazing people show up. One of my first mentors was Michael Beckwith from the movie. Wow. And, and he was my mentor literally in 1998. Way, wow. Many, many, many years before the secret ever came into existence. Right. 
I was taken from the forest to this place and intuitively I kept feeling pulled to Venice Beach because one of the things that was shown to me in my near-death experience is that I would become world-renowned as in the fitness industry, that I would know, people would know my name and I would be very well known. And 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 I didn't know when that was going to happen ultimately um, because I was shown that I would make a comeback drug-free, completely natural. Wow. And 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 so, you know, I said to myself, okay, I'm being pulled to Venice Beach. So I ended up in Venice Beach and I'm living in a commune. <laughs> wow. Know, in a commune. And see, when we <laughs> surrender at this level, yeah, it's gonna be mystical things that happen that you can't you can't describe in human right. terms it's because right. you're surrendering and so what happened was is a postcard arrived one day and it said my name on it it said sherry mm -hmm. and everything that was on that postcard was talking about what i had been told in my near-death experience that i was the creator of my reality that i was an individualized expression of the i am that i had access to this power at any moment and the address to michael beckwith's church was on that postcard and wow at the time i only had a bicycle and i had my son at the time who was a baby and so i i could not not go i knew that i was being pulled to this church and so i get on my bicycle and i have to ride you know go on my bicycle probably i don't know i don't remember now five maybe ten miles on my bicycle to go to where this church was located and at the time it was you know where when he still had fold up chairs and you know yeah. like, big as it what it is now but honestly he basically held me in his arms and hugged me and when he spoke i felt like god was speaking to me only directly wow it was so so freaking powerful and and so wow. he says here's what he says this is so amazing he says when we come into this planet that we take on the historical imprinting of society. And so when we come into this family that we're born into, we assume their beliefs, their fears, their judgments. And then we move out into the world and we take on more of the world's imprinting. When yeah. in reality, we're this amazing individualized I am. And yeah have access to anything and everything. And so that's what happens to us throughout our lives is we just assume more and more of people's belief systems instead of like you and I were talking about earlier, getting quiet, meditating. That's when you can tap in to this power that you are and you can access it and you just stop everything and get still. You know, one of my my favorite, well, I mean, it's the Bible. If if we go to the Bible, yes. um, you know, be still and know that I am God. That's right. That's that's a scripture. The kingdom of God is within you. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness, and all of these things shall be revealed or given unto you, depending on which version you read, right? right? So, like, to me, that means, like, dude, 
just just turn it off for a minute and go inside all all that you seek all the all the answers are they're there god put them there it's there it's already there like they are there just go look for them seek and you shall find it's there right yes wow this is unbelievable so so here you are now at michael beckwith's church mm -hmm. and and for those that don't know who he is, he is an amazing spiritual teacher being just the guy is incredible. Mm -hmm. So um, what happened from there? Well, just as I was saying earlier, I kept being led into the next moments because you have to realize still I'm dealing with my own unconscious old stuff too. Right, I mean, right. Beliefs, my old stuff. Uh, just because I was shown what I was shown and I was awakened to this realization, because that's really what it is for each of us. Each of us comes into this, you know, realization period of our lives. And yeah. so I'm awakened to this realization, but I still have all that old stuff that needs to be surrendered, need to be let go of. And, and so I'm still experiencing adversity. I mean, I ended up going back into the professional industry and I'm training at Gold's Gym. And, you know, you have to realize you're a light unto the world and I'm attracting all these people. I'm pulling to me, you know, whatever is going on in my own vibrations. And I meet this particular guy that says, I want to, you know, basically be a promoter of you. I want to take you back into the professional industry and I want to give, give you the money. And he was a coach to one of the English um, Olympic track stars. And right. he says, okay, well, I'm going to pay for both of you to live on Venice Beach in a house. And so he ends up paying for us to get a house. And I later discovered that what he really wanted was a relationship with me. Oh, wow. And so if we talk about how I attracted that experience or that vibration, there was still a part of me looking outside of myself. Thinking right. that I needed to get my needs met in the outer world mm -hmm. you know, by selling my soul, mm -hmm. by you know looking for somebody in, you know, outside to supply my needs. And so I ended up where, you know, I got very clear and made it clear to him that that was not where I was in, in my mindset. And I was looking for him as a promoter. So when I gave him that truth, my truth, yeah, he basically said, I'm out of here. And, mm. and I ultimately, uh, basically lost everything again, ended up homeless again. And, um, at the time, I was such an open, loving individual. So I would go and ride my bicycle all over Venice Beach and I would take the time to talk to the homeless people and mm. I never looked at them as if they were less than me. I always honored them and beheld yeah. them for the truth of who they were, the essence of who they were. So I would have these conversations with them and they would say to me that a lot of reasons why you know, they were homeless was because of the freedom, not because of circumstances, not because of anything other than the choice to be free. I love that though. There's, there's, <clears throat> there's a book called the spirituality of imperfection. Mm -hmm. 
and and they, they there's a story about that very thing and i won't go into it but it's it's you know when we surrender to all of the the need to um have all of the stuff mm-hmm. right <laughs> like we all i i love having nice stuff but i'm not i'm not one of those people that is attached to to it like i just i'm I could be just as happy living in a tent, which I've done, mm-hmm. um, as as living in a, an amazing home, which I am currently. Right. So, so my so as you went down this road, and I cannot believe we've already like this is a sixty minute show. We've been on here fifty two minutes already. <clears throat> we can go. We can go over though. Whatever. It's it's my uh, it's my show, and it's the internet. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> But it, you know, as 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 you were going down this path, I mean, again, here you are fighting, like all of us, you're fighting yourself, That's really. Exactly what I was doing. You're you're fighting yourself. You're not surrendering to what you knew. Ultimately, you were going to have to end up surrendering to anyway, right? So so here you are fighting you're you know and you say homeless i've been homeless but it's not like it, it really isn't that bad especially in venice beach <laughs> like you know it's but again you know it's like everybody else on this planet the things that you need to survive just do show up they do they really do and 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 we are people don't realize how much control we have over that via our right there mm-hmm. right it starts there and aligning with your heart but so here you are you're attracting things odd circumstances good and bad and 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 what happens next well i just like i said everybody's showing up at the right moment so yep. you know the cool thing is 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 as i am releasing yeah these old parts of myself you know we struggle with looking back you know we don't realize that it's when we look back at the past that we bring in all those emotions and those vibes from the past and so before we know it we're over here recreating the past over and over and over again as i said earlier the object is is to get clear about what you want to right live in the now and you know we're we're over here and we now have been told this information that i'm sharing and you've probably heard before but we're embodying it at the level of the intellectual so yeah. we're not believing it we're not embodying it and allowing what it is we truly desire to be pulled to us we're over here in the way trying to analyze rationalize and scrutinize the how the how is infinite it's beyond what you and i could ever articulate so yeah. if if we look at this as an infinite universe there's infinite avenues channels and opportunities for the how right. to manifest in our now moments so the more that we embody the feeling of what it is we really want from the place that it's already so so that means be it now so if right. you're a millionaire how would you be right now as a millionaire would you have a smile on your face like a cheshire cat <laughs> right <laughs> you know would you be jumping up for joy you know you right. have to be it today because from that beingness 
you have surrendered to this infinite power, this source, this God, this loving presence that's omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. And it is out there pulling and bringing to you all of these things that you truly desire. But in my case, through this story, I'm releasing the parts of me that no longer served me. And so I had to go through these experiences in order to be this woman that I had been shown in the light because I can meet you and yeah. everybody right at your level, right where you're at. So if it's mm. religion you're at, I can speak from that. Just like you've been doing, Ken, where you share have been sharing the Bible. Yeah, think about it. The Bible are stories of different levels of consciousness, different yep. levels of being. And so they shared that story from where they were at. Yeah. And, and so that's what my story has allowed me to do. It's it may, you know, I've been, I like to say it like this. I've been obese, drug addicted, bulimic, anorexic had money, lost money, walked the streets homeless twice, been in the pro bodybuilding world, lived with the Italian mafia. Whoa. Does that sound pretty crazy and far out? Yeah. Yeah. But in order to be this woman who can share this story with courage and strength and self-love, see, I found self-love, self-validation in here, not yeah. out there, not out in the physical world. It doesn't, it doesn't exist out there. You'll never fill your cup the way you do in here. And that's what I discovered. And so, you know, and I haven't even gotten in to the fact that I had a second near death, a second heart attack and died. In I haven't said anything about that and how I was able to heal that. It's this is available uh, to all of us. You had you hold it. You died a second time. Yes. I, I got pregnant with twins um, at 39. Wow. And I, I already had grown children, you know, I mean, at the time they were 10 and 16. Wow. And I about, well, let me back up for a second. So I owned a health club at the time and I exercised and taught classes during the entire pregnancy. And, you know, in the beginning I had told the doctor about the previous heart attack and he says, oh, well, that's, you know, been over five years. And, you know, if you've already been exercising that you'll be fine, continue to do it. Well, yeah. two weeks before the delivery of the twins, I literally swelled up like a tomato ready to burst. Oh my and gosh. It was really bad. And, and so I, you know, the doctor says, well, it's not toxemia and it's not preeclampsia because that would have occurred at the beginning of, you know, when you first got pregnant, first trimester. Well, yeah. what ended up happening was um, I went into delivery. I ended up having to have a C-section because one of the twins had a side insertion, which is where they, their umbilical cord is attached to your waist on the side of your waist. Oh and my gosh. Doctor says, well, we're going to have to do a C-section and long story short, um, I was nursing one of the twins and she was projectiling, like oh. literally like throwing up yeah. the room. And I, I said to the nurse at the time, I said, gosh, what's wrong with my baby? And the nurse says, well, she's probably still got some amniotic fluid in her lungs so mm. sucking out the nose and we'll keep sucking out the mouth. Well, yeah probably about 11 o'clock at night, that night of delivery, they brought the baby to me and it was the same thing. And intuitively I knew there was something wrong. 
Right, right. So I said to, you know, the nurse, I called the nurse and I said, you know, there's something wrong with my baby. And she says, well, let me take her and let me watch her. And about an hour later, she came back and she says, I've called the doctor. She says, I tried to stick a tube down her throat and it goes nowhere. And so she calls a doctor about. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it went it went nowhere. And so the doctor comes in and he says to me, listen, she says, we've done some x-rays. We've tried to stick a tube down your daughter's throat. And um, basically, she has what's called trachea esophaga fistula. So basically, a box grew right here to her throat. Oh, my and gosh. So she had the opening, but a box grew right here. And then her esophagus grew to her lungs. And, oh. and so when she was projectiling, the, the, the milk was going nowhere. It was just oh my. staying in her mouth. And so they told me what causes that. They called it an anomaly. And they say that somewhere in the, the first trimester, the, usually the first six weeks of delivery, that um, you, you basically, the, you, the baby stops growing. And, wow. and ultimately, in this case, you can call it divine intervention, you know, um, but somewhere all of a sudden, the baby starts growing again. And, and they can't detect it through amniocentesis, you know, because because of my age, they did every test, they did the amniocentesis, um, but they say you can't detect that in tests. And so in this case, they immediately medevaced her to a special children's hospital and, oh. and, and immediately began what they call a um, throat reconstruction. So, yeah, yeah, this is pretty intense. Um, oh my gosh. But, but it kind of goes back into what I've been sharing with you. So in this instance, they come back and they give me the worst case scenario. Her throat may, her esophagus may not be long enough. Yeah. Attach back to the throat. She may be, have to go through two years of a, a feeding tube in her belly button uh, while they stretched the esophagus out to be long enough to attach to the throat. Jeez. But literally, um, you know, they gave me that worst case scenario. I went into what's called spoken word and, you know, I talked about, you know, the different mentors and people that showed up in my life. So from Michael Beckwith, I eventually became a licensed spiritual practitioner, mm -hmm. um, which is where you have the recognition of aligning with the spirit within you and you see only the truth. And so in my situation, I began to recognize that God was all there was, one source, one power, one infinite intelligence. And from that recognition, I, I, I embodied that the source's power is within me as well as Haley, as well as you, as well as the next person. And in right. recognizing that, I began to declare the truth. The truth is, is that there is a mighty power moving and having its beingness within her. Its source is whole, perfect, and complete. And in knowing that I am in great gratitude. I am in such great gratitude. And so then I release it. I release it to the action of the law, the action of God, and I allow it to be so. And so as I spoke that, he came back and he says to me, literally, we got the best case scenario. He says, we were able to detach the esophagus from the lungs. We mm. were able to reattach um, the esophagus to the throat. And, you know, she has what's called hemivertebrae. So like you and I, we have, you know, full vertebrae all the right. way in our spine. Well, in Haley's right. 
disease in her upper thoracics, which is this is how our shoulders go. Um, Haley has a half vertebrae in her upper thoracics and an extra rib. And in her lower lumbar, the lower base of her back, she has a hemi vertebrae. And here's the thing that's amazing the way the way this works is is that her head is positioning itself in a way that's correcting the upper issue and her left leg is longer than the right leg you would never know any of this unless i'm telling you right now wow this child is 100 percent whole perfect and complete wow and you know moving wow. forward just a little bit here so they released me and let me go to the ronald mcdonald charity house mm-hmm and I'm living at the Ronald McDonald Charity House. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I can't breathe. And I'm laying and I'm and I told my husband, I said, my God, there's something wrong with me. I, I can't breathe. And I could hear popping and fizzing coming out of my mouth like the pop rock candy when we were kids. Oh, whoa. And yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, my husband says, well, let's call the doctor. So he calls the doctor and we lived an hour away. We lived in a small town in um, outside of Sacramento in Yuba City. Yeah. And, and so I was in my head and I thought, oh, my God, we need to go back to my doctor. And yeah. So we we get in there and they are literally running tests for about five six hours from the waist down and they come back and they said well can't find anything wrong you know maybe it's stress maybe you've you know got a small infection you know let's give you some antibiotics wow so he sends me back to the ronald mcdonald charity house and each day from wednesday until saturday I am getting worse. I'm going crazy. I'm mm. senile. I am not able to sleep anymore. I'm trying to nurse the, the other baby. And wow. I'm feeling, you know, all this numbness in my left arm. Um, I'm telling my husband, you know, there's something wrong with me. And he's like, Sherry, calm down. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. It's stress. You know, yeah. you just need to relax. And, 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 and I'm going crazy by this point because I can't breathe. I'm, I'm struggling for breath. Wow. And fast forward to Saturday. My husband's so stressed out for me that he says, listen, I got to get out of here for a little bit. I'm going to go visit the baby and the NICU unit. And he, while he's gone visiting the baby, I'm in the bathroom and I know I'm going to die. I know there's something wrong and I'm thinking, yeah, I, 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 I am now not able to breathe and I'm struggling for air and I'm begging God at the same time to save me, to help me and, and to help them find out what's wrong with me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so my husband comes back and I'm not kidding you, Ken. I'm like literally a hundred year old lady. I could not walk from the toilet to back to the bed and so oh my gosh my husband's trying to carry me um and at this point i'm cussing i'm saying mother f you know what <laughs> mother f in hospital or i'm right. gonna die i'm not gonna be here for these kids and and so you know he gets me in the car and and i'm crying and i'm screaming and i'm telling him i'm gonna die tonight and and so we lived in this small town and I didn't realize that one hospital was for delivering babies and the other hospital was the emergency room. 
So yeah. I let him take me to the hospital I had delivered the babies at. And, and, and I'm struggling to get up to the door and I'm ringing the bell and I'm pushing it and pushing it. And this guy peeks his head out and he says, can I help you? And I said, I am very sick. I wow. said, I can't breathe. I said, there's something horrible wrong with me. Please help me. And he turns the lights on. He opens the door. He says, you know what? Let me, let me take your blood pressure. And so he takes my blood pressure and he says, oh my God. He says, you're in cardiac arrest. He says, I have got to call emergency, the, you know, the ambulance. So he gets me inside and he lays me on the ground and he calls the ambulance. And the I, last thing I remember, I remember the ambulance coming and, you know, they're giving me that nitro and they're, they got two IVs in my arms and they're taking wow. me to this other hospital. And so when I get there, you know, of course they've got the EKGs out, they've, they're running all these tests and they came back and they said basically that I was in the middle of cardiac arrest. They didn't wow. know why. And it was their job to find out. And, um, mm. so basically what they, what they decided to do was sedate me. So they sedated me for like about 12 hours and and while they sedated me they ran tests and 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 um during this time i i had another trip to the white light and in this oh. this visit it wasn't as long but ultimately i was embraced again in pure love and i was basically told you know who you are you know why you came you know what you're meant to do and go deliver that go share that go be that and, and so I remember coming back into my body and I could hear screaming, you know, it seemed like outside and it seemed like my husband's voice. And he basically, he opened the door and, and he looked at me and it looked like death was all over his face. And he was so sad. And, and I said to him, I says, am I going to die? I said, you know, what, what's wrong? And, um, Basically, he says that they told him that I had, you know, over little over 30% heart function, uh, that I was going to be on my back waiting for a heart transplant and, and that I would never exercise again. And a few minutes later, the doctor came in and he kind of reiterated the same story. He says, listen, he says, you had what's called cardiomyopathy. And he says that one in 20,000 women who deliver a baby or babies over the age of 35 have the chance of developing a rare heart disease. And I was one of the, you know, one in 20,000 women and cardiomyopathy basically is congestive heart failure. So when Jeez. I was talking and fizzing was going on in my mouth, I was drowning on my, oh my, yeah. Oh my Lord. Mm -hmm. So you died a second time. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I, I, I would imagine that somebody's like, Hey, stop being homeless and get your crap together. <laughs> Here's the cool thing about the doctor is, is, you know, when he gave me this diagnosis, I said to him, I said, listen, I said, I have had another near death experience previously. I know who I am. I know what I'm meant to do. And I said to him, I'm going to heal to 100%. And, and he looks at me and he says, you know, I'm a believer in positivity. He says, but yeah. we need to look at this realistically. He says, you have uh, over 30% heart function. You need a heart transplant. 
And wow. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I'm going to show you what's what's possible for all of us. And so, you know, I know we're getting past time. So fast forward just to give the yeah. end of the story. Here's the beauty of the story. The beauty of it is, is I had already trained with transformational leaders worldwide. I'd already trained with, you know, Bob Proctor and Michael Beckwith and, you know, Mary Morrissey and these amazing people, you know, had, have also had their stories and brought this message forward to the world. But in this situation, I never connected to the diagnosis of dis-ease. Dis-ease came up in my body probably because of things that were going on in, in my life, in me, during that pregnancy, during that situation. And so in this situation, I made the decision in that moment that I wasn't going to embody that diagnosis. I wasn't going to take it on as my truth and I wasn't yeah. going to own it and I wasn't going to give it power. So instead of, you know, following that process, I acted as if I was already well. So when I went back to my health club, I, everybody would say, have you planned your will? Are you going to, you know, how you <laughs> carry your children? And, you know, the right. questions that people want to ask, you know, when you've, you know, there's a situation like this that has happened. But in this case, I literally said, how about we talk about how I'm going to outweigh the odds, how I'm going to yeah. severe, how I'm going to win and heal to 100%. And, yeah. and, and fast forward three years later, I acted every day as if I was whole, perfect and complete. I would go into my imagination and I would use the powers of my imaginative power. And that's mm -hmm. called mental faculties. I would step yeah. out into the mental faculties and I would see my heart pumping perfectly. I would watch my arteries flowing with blood perfectly and oxygen purification and yeah and and then when i had my visits with my doctor you know like i i sung to you earlier i would do the same thing to him i'd come in there and i'd be singing and i'd be telling him what i was going to show him <laughs> he just thought i was nuts but honestly <laughs> fast forward three years later we developed this amazing playful freaking awesome relationship and i walk in one day and he says to me have a seat, girl. We need to talk. And he says to me, guess what? You are the most amazing person I have ever met in my life. <laughs> and he said, you know, as a medical doctor, I believe in positivity. He says, but what you shared with me that day was beyond the scope of wow. my system and he says beyond what i was able to share with other people because he says you know people aren't ready at that level of awareness right to recognize that they're creating the cancer they're creating the sickness the disease whatever is showing up they are creating and so he says when you came across and are giving me this information he says it was just more than i was ready to hear and yeah. uh, anyway he says he says listen you are one hundred percent healed and your medication is actually now harming you rather than helping you and he says over the next two weeks we're going to wean you off of all your medication and he says and and and, and literally ken to this day right now yeah two heart attacks and they can't tell that i've had any heart attacks 
That's that. See, that's that's incredible. I, I absolutely, I I knew that kinda. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a I had a, a feeling, I guess that 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 was the outcome. Mm-hmm. You're amazing, and I think that that you do have to tell the world. And I know that for anybody watching that that has hung in here with us, thank <laughs> you for that for sure. I to talk, I said that. Yeah. um but like you have a you have a book coming yes yes so right now i'm in the middle of writing it because it's now the time and 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 you know i haven't figured out what the subtitle is going to be but honestly i really want to i want to do the title of the book living to be the real me and it goes for everybody living to be the real you you deserve it you're worthy of it i love that you are absolutely amazing. I have this pre-planned to show everybody. Go, if you want to connect with Sherry, go to her website. There it is scrolling across the bottom, sherrygideons.com. And um, follow you where? Facebook? Are you on Instagram? I am. And so I'm on Facebook, Sherry Gideons. I'm yeah. on Instagram, at Sherry Gideons. Yeah. Um, what else? What else is there? Link, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yep. yep. I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. Sherry Gideon. TikTok. Are you on TikTok yet? No, but I've been, everybody's been telling me to do it. You have to. I heard, I, I know I have a friend who's on it and she's, a, she's a riot. I love TikTok. It's awesome. So yeah, you got to get on TikTok. But Sherry, thank you from the bottom of my heart and my soul. You are an amazing, amazing just amazing woman. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And to everyone who shared this out and has watched, thank you. My wife is on here. She says, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I got to throw that up right there. (laughs) There it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're just amazing and your message, everybody needs to hear your message for sure. So, um, thank you. You bet. I don't know what else to say. Just thank you. You're you're amazing. So yes. Woo-hoo. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys later. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being here. And we will see you all very, very soon. Cherry, thanks again. Thank you.